Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. It's gonna get crazy up in here. We're having Tosh on today from Blink Conference. Oh my gosh. Okay, just so you know, we spoke at Blink in 2016 and it was kind of magical like Uh this experience was unlike anything else and we really 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 I can't even tell you like it was amazing and we want to bring this to you and help you understand what it's like to be at this in-person event but also I just want you to know Tosh is amazing. Like we met her online on Instagram. Actually, I reached out to her initially and just said, you know what? I like what you're doing and I want to get involved. And I think this would be really awesome. And then as per usual, Emily Mm -hmm. felt the same way and they hit it off. Like, I can't even tell you, it's been incredible. Tosh is now Emily's mom's adopted. Oh wait, Emily's mom's her adopted mom. I don't know how to Uh explain it. It's a little bit confusing, but it's a very personal relationship. And that is something that's very unique for us. We don't have a ton of people that we're like super close to. We're like the let's have one to two really good friends kind of people. And so the fact that we have such a personal relationship with her is really unique. And so I think today you're going to take away a ton of stuff, but just know that this person has a huge place in our heart and we think she will have a huge place in yours if you let her in. Yeah, you're going to fall in love with her and you're going to learn a lot from her. Tosh has been doing this whole conference thing for going on five years now. The fifth year of Blink is happening this November. And so she knows a thing or two. And she knows a thing or two about starting a conference and giving advice on people who might be wanting to run their own conference or attend a conference, maybe for the first time. And so we go through a lot of how Blink has grown the format that they find unique for their conference to make it different and how they're able to create that really intimate and family aspect at Blink, which is absolutely hands down. I think the key thing that we took away from our experience there and has led us to have really close relationships to not only Tosh, but other speakers and attendees that we met at that conference. And so I think you're going to get some good takeaways on how you can create this, either if you're thinking of starting a conference or more importantly, why you should kind of go out of your way and invest in something like a conference for your business. Because we know that it's not exactly cheap and you have to take your time and you have to travel and you have to do all of those things. But we really talk about the value of that in-person aspect and, and how you can kind of use it to take 
your business to the next level and reshape it. So we're going to be talking landing sponsors, landing keynote speakers, what you can kind of take away from a conference as an attendee or as a speaker and all the good stuff in between. So get started. Tasha's about to be y'all's sister. You're going to love it. Guys, we're so excited to bring you our good, good friend, Tosh of Blink Conference and so many other things. You have your hands on a lot of creative outlets. So thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Thank you for having me. We're super excited. You are the conference queen. If you guys aren't familiar, Blink Conference has been around for going on five years now, which is incredible. And so we're getting to chat with a seasoned conference pro today. And so I kind of want to take it back to the beginning. We're going to talk a lot about, about the journey of Blink and the lessons you've learned throughout being a conference creator and mentor and founder and all of that good stuff. But take us back to the beginning of what you were wanting Blink to serve. Why create this? There's a lot of energy that goes into creating a conference. There's a lot of work. And you were at a very unique time in your life of having your baby girl for the very first time in your life. And so you still did it though. And you still juggled all of that. So what hole were you wanting to fill with Blink? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, Oh man, I remember like I had just started shooting in 2010. So I'd only been a photographer for three years. But in that three years, Ike and I had attended a lot of like educational events and we had been to a lot of conferences. And when we were at those places, it was always the same people everywhere all the time. And of those people, we never really saw any minorities. And so it was really hard for me to imagine myself kind of sharing or speaking or having an opportunity to lead because I wasn't seeing it done anywhere. And I also kind of felt like, well, I'm kind of getting such a limited perspective of how to run business because the people that I was learning from didn't have the same kind of clientele that I had. They weren't living in the same kind of areas that I had. And so I was trying to take the things that they were teaching and apply it to like a situation that wasn't realistic. And so as Ike and I began to grow in our business and as we started to kind of do mentorships for other photographers, we were getting a lot of photographers from the East Coast and the South that were minorities that had found us and that wanted to learn from us because we were minorities and we would be sitting down with them and talking and we'd be telling them about like all of our favorite educators and all of our favorite photographers and they had never heard of them. And then they would tell us about people that they looked up to and we had never heard of them. And we were like, wait a minute, this is like weird. Like we're all doing the same thing, but we all admire and we all look up to people. And there was just such a disconnect, like between, you know, who we were teaching and who we were following and just the access to those different speakers. And so as Ike and I kind of started thinking, we were just like, something's got to change about that. And so <laughs> it was actually in my attempt to try to to teach and to speak and to share what I had learned and by being rejected so many times that my sister was like, yo, you should just do your own thing. And I was like, nobody knows who we are. Like, they're going to think it's crazy that we're starting our own thing. She's like, if you want to see changes and if you want to, you know, really bridge the gap, she's like, start your own thing. And so she like pressured me and punked me into it like big (laughs) sisters do. And I was like, okay. And so that started the process of me just reaching out to the people that I knew that I had made relationships with and just saying, hey, I have this idea of starting this like conference. Would you be a part of it? In that process, I reached out to 
photographers that were new, photographers that had, you know, been in the business for a really, really long time, photographers that were black, photographers that were white, videographers, just different kinds of people. And that was the first Blink conference. It was just like a hodgepodge of people who loved me enough to let me Mm -hmm. borrow their name to put together a conference, Mm -hmm. really. So what was the big differences between, you know, that blink year one versus now? Like, how have you grown? What have you changed? Wow. Well, blink year one was like a struggle conference (laughs) there. (laughs) We had absolutely no idea what we were doing. And I felt like we were paying people to come to blink. Like we were like begging people to come to blink. You know, we only had six speakers that year. And we had about 30 people show up to conference, but our goal was between 30 and 50. So we felt like we had one. Our price point was just under a thousand dollars and it was only a two day conference. So it was like one day of learning and then one day of shooting. We still had the same heart to like have diverse lineup. So we had like a lot of diversity, men and women, husband, wife teams, people who were non-photographers coming in and speaking year five of Blink, well, year four, because we just finished year four and we're working on year five, but year four of Blink, we had 27 speakers. We had just under a hundred participants. We were able to raise the price about $600 from the first year till now. And it's now three, kind of three and a half days. So significant growth in a short amount of time, I feel but just really consistent, consistent growth. Like we didn't try to grow too fast. We just Mm -hmm. would change things over the years and adjust things over the years. And I think that we've created something that's really solid that people can count on to be a great experience. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that format, I think having gone to a handful of conferences ourselves, Blink really is a very unique format and it really is geared towards photographers in the sense that they get out to do stuff, but creatives in the sense that they also get to learn business. And so talk to us about what are some of the things that have stayed true to Blink from year one to coming up now on year five? What aspects of that format have you kind of done away with just because people learn differently now and there's so many more conferences and more retreats and more online aspects? How have you kind of tweaked the experience of Blink to keep up with all of that? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, I feel like one of the things that has always made Blink like really unique is the fact that it's always remained small. And I've always gotten a lot of pressure to grow Blink and to make it bigger, to appeal to sponsors or, you know, to make more money. But it's always been my heart to keep track of every single person in the room. And I have found that like that sweet spot for me is usually somewhere between 80 and 120. 80 to 120 for me, I know every single person in the room. I know their circumstance over like I spend the year getting to know my people, my attendees and getting to know like what makes them unique and actually spending time, you know, just kind of figuring out who they are. And so I can manage that number myself as a person who cares about people. And so in some ways that's been challenging because, you know, sponsors and and partners don't want to get involved with you if you're not a certain number because it has to be worthwhile to them. But for me, I just feel like that's the heart of the conference. And it's why when you come, there's an experience that you get to have because it is so intimate. 
I also feel like the shoots, when we first started, we only had one day of shooting and we still only have one day of shooting, but instead of them getting to choose one photographer to kind of shoot under, they have opportunities to do two. And I realized in the beginning that that shooting portion, that portfolio building portion was really important to our people. The other thing that I really love that I feel makes Blink unique is our mentorship breakout time that happens. Our attendees get to choose a photographer to kind of shadow under with a group of a small group of people. And we usually have like a three to four hour block during our conference that's set aside for that. So let's say you guys are speakers at Blink, which you were. (laughs) I would sign up to learn from you and I'd get to spend like four hours with you and like three other attendees or four other attendees just having like some intimate time, kind of talking about whatever it is that you're willing to do. And I think that's really unique because when you go to conferences, you don't really get that really good hands-on time with your speakers. And there's usually like a separation between the speaker and the attendee. And I don't think you find that at Blink. I think at Blink, everybody is kind of everywhere and, and everyone is valued at our conference. It's just that the speakers are the ones that have put in the work to make the mistakes, to learn or to grow really fast, to be able to teach something. And we honor our speakers, but we all started somewhere. And so I just think that's important. And one of the things that I really, really love that is really important to me is just making sure that we're always creating opportunities for community to be built. And so I'm very intentional when planning the conference. So of course, do all of the things that conferences do, you know, make sure we have like a a decent trade show or make sure that we have really great tangible speakers that are creating opportunities to learn. But I think that developing community is super important. And so I make sure that there are things in place that allow that to happen. So it can kind of feel like church retreat-ish or like leadership camp, you know, um, like, right. But, uh, but I think that that's where relationships are formed and where they're carried out long-term. And so I think that we've done a great job of that, which is why our return rate is usually 50% or higher. That's insane. (laughs) So it's been it's been great. So those are the things that I think really set us apart. I think that online community and online workshops are amazing, but I think there's nothing like being in person. But I think that conferences should do a great job of fostering community in person so that people really see the value of showing up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and going into year five, this is the first year that Blink is going to be in your home state. And all the other ones you've traveled for. How the heck did you manage, like, because most people play it safe and they do it like two minutes down the street. So if they need anything, they can run home. How did you manage (laughs) conferences in states that you knew nothing about necessarily? I don't know. I think I'm crazy, (laughs) to be honest. Like when now that I'm like talking to you guys and you're like asking me these questions, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, what? (laughs) I've never really actually sat and thought about these things. I just did them, you know? I Ike and I met on MySpace, and I promise that there's a reason why I'm sharing this story. So we were two strangers that Tom introduced to one another, and he lived in Virginia, and I lived in Tacoma. So we started long distance, and we were long distance until a month before we got married. So we never lived together. We never really had a normal kind of dating relationship. And when we planned our wedding, we actually got married in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So I guess I got started early because I planned a destination wedding and I had never, ever been to Myrtle Beach. So I'm not fearful of doing things and making decisions 
about places that I've never been because I've been doing that. And as I'm thinking about this and trying to answer this question, you just kind of brought that to my mind. But (laughs) I never wanted Blink to be in the same place. There are places that I wanted to visit. It was really selfish, honestly. There were places that I, I wanted to go to in the country. And I was just like, you know, what sucks about going to like WPPR, going to these like educational events that Ike and I attend is that they're always in the same place. So, you know, when you're a professional, a working professional, whether you're full-time or part-time, you know, investing in education is an expensive investment. And for us, it was going to these workshops. That was our our vacation for the year because we weren't making enough money to go on vacation and to be educated. And so I just remember going, man, I love coming to this, but I wish that it was somewhere different so that I could at least like get a change of scenery and be able to experience something new from year to year. And so when we got the idea for Blink, I knew that I wasn't going to do it in the same place every year because I knew that if we had a great conference and if people wanted to return to it, I had to have certain things in place to make it worthwhile to them or to make it valuable for them to want to come every year. And so the two things that I put in place was that it would always be a traveling conference and we would rotate from coast to coast. And I knew that it would put more work on me, but I also knew it would add more value to the conference. And we were one at the time in 2013, we were one of the first conferences to ever do that, to move locations. And then the other rule that we have, which I don't actually see anybody doing this right now, is that if you speak at Blink, you cannot speak the next year. This makes me so upset as a speaker, (laughs) but I totally get it because I'm so sad that I'm not going to Seattle to go to your, like I I might just show up in Seattle the same week yeah. as Blink so I can Come hang on, out with them. <laughs> you are always welcome at Blink. Trust me, after last year's conference, I am like kicking myself for that rule because there are so many people <laughs> that I'm like, I want them to come back. And Ike's like, it's your conference. You can do whatever you want. And I'm like, nope, I have to remain true to the vision because that's yeah. what we've done. And that's what we said we were going to do. So we have like a every other year policy, but from year to year, we do not have the same speakers. And the reason why is because everyone in the country, they're working off of their lineups that sell. And so I get that. And I understand that, but it's not fair one to educators that want to have an opportunity to share. And it's not fair to your attendees who are really investing their money into your conference. And you just continue to spit out the same thing over and over and over again. And so I'm really proud of that. As far as like traveling conferences, you know, I mean, it's like anything else. Like when you go on vacation, you have to kind of do your research and pick your hotels and do your things. And so I generally have a couple rules, like we pick a place that usually is very warm and that I want to go to. So I wanted to go to Nashville and I wanted to go to Scottsdale and Palm Springs Mm -hmm. and Austin. And then I look for boutique hotels that are inspiring that would make, you know, anyone excited to be there. The hotel is a huge part of it because we spend so much time there. So if you're not able to leave the premises or you're not, you can't afford to kind of do some excursions while you're in town, I at least want the hotel to be a place that you can go. I don't care. I'm going to sit by this pool for the next three days and I'm going to feel like I got to look and a, you know, a vacation. So Seattle for me was never, I never saw it as appealing to our audience for whatever reason, probably because I'm from here. And I was also really terrified to do something at home. I really wanted to prove to my local community that Ike and I had what it took. And so it's easier to do that away from home than to do it at home because sometimes the people at home don't see you the way that other people do when you're away from home. So I think we just wanted to build our value and build Blink's reputation 
before we ever brought it to Seattle. And it just felt like the right thing to do for our fifth year to bring it home and to kind of have a homecoming. Yeah. So now we're coming home and it, it seems like it would be the easiest conference I've ever planned, but I don't know if it's going to be that. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, and I think those decisions really go back to your basis of wanting to serve your audience and provide a really good experience for them. Having the role, especially if the speaker is not coming back year after year, is super hard for you, but very, very beneficial to everyone spending the good chunk of cash it takes to come. Mm-hmm. And picking unique places is not only good for, for your people because you have a whole day for shooting for your photographers. So you're picking a beautiful place. You're picking a fun place, but it's also fantastic for the speakers. And because of that, we were able to, that was our vacation. We built in that time to add in some extra days for Abby and I. And I think just paying attention to that is, is part of what makes Link great. Well, and I think too, like I come from like an attendee perspective, what I would want out of a conference. Like I never have to attend a conference because I have, I feel like I have the best conference for me, but I also have been a speaker and speak across the country as well. And I have had great experiences as, as a speaker and I've had not so great experiences as a speaker. And that is also a really huge part of it too. Like I really want our speakers to feel valued and I really want them to feel like they're being taken care of. And you know, we're not able to give like this really amazing, wonderful, incredible experience. But in the areas where we are able to really like treat our people really well, we try to do that. And so that's another huge part of it too. Well, how do you think you're attracting those specific speakers? Are you hunting these people down? Are they showing up on your doorstep and begging you to come to blink? (laughs) Or how, how have these people magically landed in your lap? Well, there wasn't a whole lot of magic until probably year three. Okay. You have to like prove yourself, right? You have to show that yeah. you have something that is worthwhile. But I think we started out pretty strong because we had we had some great relationships that we had fostered with people that were willing to take a risk on us. So we started out really strong and started out with a great lineup. And then as those speakers had a great experience with us, they would tell their friends who were speakers. I really try hard to ask other speakers about other speakers who would fit, who have the heart that I have to serve like photographers, because not every speaker is for our conference. Like not every speaker is a good fit. Not every speaker would appreciate or value what we're doing or even feel like it was worth their time. And then I ask our attendees, you know, like I want them to come to a conference that they feel was curated for them. And so a lot of times I'll ask them and I spend a lot of time just like scouting, scouting like new talent and just looking for people that have like a unique perspective. So, you know, as we're going into this fifth year, like we have more speaking options than we could even, it's very challenging now because there's so many really amazing people and it's not even, it's really just about you know, what do we need for this year and where are we trying to go? And I'm super thankful for that, but it's getting harder now because people are hearing about Blink and they want to be involved and the money only goes so far and the timing only goes so far. And so I find it more challenging now to actually choose the lineup than it was when we didn't have a lot of options. That's a good problem to have though. Yeah. (laughs) So we, you know, people apply to speak at our conference. Some people are on my wish list and have been for years. Some people reach out and if I just kind of have a good vibe or, you know, I'm feel, I'm a praying woman. So I pray over almost everything that I do. 
I really look for just some like personal sign that this is like a good idea or it feels good. But basically for me, if things are easy and if they feel good, then for me, it's just like a no brainer. Mm -hmm. That's that piece that I have. I just am like, they get it. They line up with the vision. They're really passionate about what we're trying to do and they can get on board. Like this is somebody that I want to work with. If there's, there's a lot of like tension or just kind of like, I feel like I have to sell or pitch blink. I usually kind of run in the other direction. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. How have people been able to stand out for you, especially now when your options are plentiful? We know a lot of people who are wanting to get their hands in speaking and travel and and share their talents. 
have you built those relationships prior? And then that conversation just comes up. Are you finding people online? Are they emailing you? How can someone stand out if they're wanting to speak at something like Blink? Well, you know, obviously an email is always good because you see it. And, you know, people like suggest things or people will DM us and say they want to get involved. But for me, you know, anyone could be a speaker. I think for me, it's really important to test people's fruit, you know, There are a lot of people that look really great on social media and that can like talk the talk, but they don't really have any real long suffering in business that I can see that they like kind of went through that I would feel good about saying that this person has these experiences and like this is real life. So when people kind of pitch or when people come to me about Blink, I really have to do my research and test their fruit and make sure that what they say about who they are and what they've done is actually real. And so I'll just kind of ask around and just kind of see, you know, get feedback and just kind of check things out. I think because people are so anxious to kind of be someone, sometimes it can be hard to kind of tell because if you're not willing to do the research or to kind of look into things deeper, you could be sold a dream. And then when it's time to speak or when it's time to actually carry the dream out, they can't deliver. And so that's just kind of how it goes for me. I think if someone were interested in speaking at our conference, the best way to connect with us would be to email us and just to kind of give us ways to, to kind of see your fruit. Like, I want to see like who you've helped. I want to see like how you have carried out your business. And I want to know like what mistakes you've made and why you're passionate about, you know, sharing and giving back. And most importantly, I think, and you guys were amazing this year. I would have you every year. I think we might need to go back we to the drawing board. Separately, and, like yeah, it could be just Abigail. That doesn't count. And then just me and then us again. That's so true. That's I think you that guys have it. figured out a way to buck the system. <laughs> 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 no, but I really love speakers who are are real speakers that want to really teach. A lot of speakers come and they give their like 60 minute spiel. And then they're like, if you want to hear more, sign up. And I don't want like an MLM speaker. I don't want to have to sign up under your, your thing to like get the real, the real goods. And I mean, how many times have you paid like $99 for what you think is what you're actually going to get? And then there's really like, you know, there's another thing that you have to sign up to get the real information. Mm -hmm. I have sat through so many of those things. And so I really am looking for the kind of speaker that wants to for real teach and really give and really pour into community. And their heart is about more than making money. Do we all need to make money? Absolutely. You know, and I definitely feel like that's important. And we try to provide opportunities for that. But I want speakers that really want to come and see people win. And so I learned this thing from Zach and Jody, and they were like, give, 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 ask. So you have to like build trust and you just give and give and give and give. And the more you give, the more people trust you and they're willing to buy anything that you have to offer because they know that when you give, it's good. And those are the kind of people that I want to be associated with and that I want associated with my conference. So that's a very long winded response, but (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of how I feel. I think you guys are amazing at that. Like every you're the only newsletter that I read. Oh, I know you're not selling to me. I know that you're, you may be selling, but you're giving so much before you actually get to your ask. And like, that is so amazing to me to master that is like incredible. So great job, ladies. Thank you. I think it's, it's come in a, in an organic way in the sense that we just really like to talk a lot. And so we had to have a business that like gave a lot because we can't like, it 
I cannot hold it in. It just yeah. physically just comes out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Well, I'm curious. You have these amazing speakers and you have this boutique conference and this really special experience. How are you able to communicate that to potential sponsors and get them convinced that they need to be a part of this experience and latch on even though they're only going to hit 100 heads? Well, I think that our conference is really for the sponsor or the company that really wants to connect like intimately with like like the people that are there. I think there are companies that exist that want to that like small conferences, that like being able to connect one-on-one because you could go to a trade show, right? And there could be 20,000 people there. And over the course of 3 days, maybe only 100 people hit your your booth that are like serious about your products, right? Or you could come to a blink where there are 100 people there. And over the course of three days, you actually intimately can speak and talk to all 100 of those people. Mm-hmm. In what cases are you going to really develop a long-term relationship? You yeah. know what I mean? Like even in those, like those 100 people at that trade show that you connect with, like you probably are spending just a few minutes with them and you're like probably distracted or talking to multiple people at one time. But like at Blink, like you can sit down and have lunch with a group of attendees. You can stop in to the conference and, and sit at a table and learn while the learning is happening. And I mean, there's just so many opportunities to really connect and really develop, like I think a deep relationship with maybe clients or, or people that might be interested in your product. And so we've actually not had a hard time finding people because we're only really looking for like 10 to 15 sponsors. And for our vendor market, we really only have 10 spots. And so the people that have come to our vendor market have actually been to Blink multiple times because they've been able to really maximize their time at Blink by making those connections with those people over a period of time, like multiple times, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's what I would sell to like a vendor or a sponsor that was interested in Blink, just like the opportunity there is to really really connect in a deep way and not just like surface quickly as they're walking past or while they're asking questions, but really getting an opportunity to sit down and to talk. And there's also a lot of opportunities for our vendors or our sponsors that come to really show how the products are being used and to put on their own kind of like mini workshops, I guess, while they're there, because there is such a small amount of people, there's room for that kind of thing to take place. Whereas at a bigger conference, there may not be. So I think it's just really about your goals. And I personally feel like the people who have signed up for things at Blink, (laughs) they've, I I was just thinking about how uh, one of our vendors that comes every year, like she's been able to kind of create a loyalty program off of the attendees at Blink. And so, (laughs) because they, they had this opportunity to really connect and to start setting things up in person. And that's just not something that would happen at a bigger conference because there's just Mm -hmm. not space for that. And so, you know, she's been able to come back every year and really grow her business just off of the strength of, of those opportunities. And, and since then has chosen other small conferences like ours because the value for her has been so great. So, I mean, we're just not for everyone, just like every conference is not for everyone. But I think that there are like certain businesses that really benefit from more of a smaller structure and more of like a, like a touch in point, like several times over the course of a weekend versus like a one time with a mass group of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like it. So let's get into, we get a lot of people who, not necessarily a lot, but a handful of people in our audience and our group who I think just wake up one day and want to start a conference. They want to have a retreat. They want to oh, do this thing. Do they see the <laughs> and the conference landscape is changing. It is vastly different than what it was year one of Blink coming in now. There's a lot of more online businesses. There's a lot of more online networking and, and smaller groups that are happening in the digital world. Mm -hmm. So first, I would love to hear your take on the value because we know that there is one in being a speaker in and of itself of attending an in-person conference. But how has that value shifted and changed as the entire conference landscape changed? And how are you guys kind of balancing that and, and making changes for your own conference to continue to even have blink? Right. That's a good question. Well, first of all, if you wake up and, and you are like, I want to start a conference, I'm going to tell you to run in the other direction. <laughs> this is not the time to start a conference. And I think what's really important just for just us as business people is to really just pay attention to what's happening in our respective industries. Like if you have an idea like pay attention to people who are already doing those things and how those ideas are impacting them. I'm watching the big conferences and I'm like, okay, if these big conferences aren't doing well, indicated by them downsizing to a different hotel, then reducing their days that their event is happening, they're lowering their prices. That's an indicator to me that that's going to impact me too. So the first thing that I would say that we've kind of approached Blink for year five is just kind of managing our own expectations for what we can expect to happen. We may have had a goal that we wanted to reach, but we may have to lower that goal and really just think about, you know, we may not reach or hit that goal this year and that's okay. Like we've got to put those things in place, like really thinking about, you know, our budgets and things like that. Maybe there are things that we've adjusted in our conference that are not going to impact the quality of the conference, but are like just kind of safety precautions for us to kind of ride the storm of the changes in the industry. And so that's kind of just how we're handling it. But one of the other things that we're really just trying to do is emphasize in-person community. Yes, it's so easy to do an online conference from your couch and your yoga pants. And that's wonderful. But as creatives, like we're already so isolated as much as, and I do them too. Like I sign up for, you know, online workshops and things like that, like little summits and I do summits. So I'm not like against them. I think there are people that really just can't attend, but I think there is a value in being in person. And one of the things that I will always just push is community. Like in-person community allows for connections. It allows for opportunities for you to connect with people on collaborations. It allows for opportunities for you to build your tribe. It allows for opportunities for you to build your support system. It's fun. It's fun to be in person. It's fun to brainstorm with other people. It's fun to connect like flesh, you know? And so we're just playing up like the whole community thing. Like you can have community online, but it's really just more of the same. You're still isolated. You're still not touching in with people. And I think that those things are fine to get you through the year. But I think every person who is in business, especially in photography, if they can't afford to, should take the time to choose a conference that they can attend. And I think one of the beautiful things about, you know, our industry is that there's something for everyone. 
There are conferences that cost way more than Blink that are way more intense. And then there are conferences that are a lot cheaper. I think you've got to figure out what your thing is and make the investment. But I think more than anything, it's just about making the investment. I love the online groups and the online communities, but I think that it's just super important that we're careful about those because we don't want our in-person events to suffer. We don't want them to die out because there's such a value for that. And so in the interim, while we're kind of waiting for things to kind of take a turn, we're just constantly pushing like the fun of being together the value of collaborations that come out of being together. Mm -hmm. There's so many connections that were made because I was able to meet you in person and I matched up with who you thought I was online. You know what I mean? And, and when you see someone in person and you start talking, there are things that happen, like really magical things can happen that can shift your business to the next level that wouldn't necessarily happen if you only had an online community. Those conversations can't take place over a cup of coffee or at dinner at night or while you're out shooting because you're not doing those things. And so that's just what we emphasize when it comes to why you would choose to come to our conference or any conference rather, you know, versus like an online community. I think it's so crucially important as someone who's been to, you know, a giant, like humongous, like several thousand people go to a conference versus these boutique smaller ones versus online. It's so different. My favorite thing is these smaller conferences. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is usually they're small enough that I have a clue as an attendee or as a speaker who's going to be there in advance. And so I spend a ton of time knowing who's going to be at the event. And then a lot of times that we spark a conversation or spark a friendship, but it gets to like a whole nother level when you get there because you come home and like these people that were, you know, kind of this person, you know, like online or whatever, all of a sudden they're a real human being. You text them, you call them. They're like the kind of person you want to drive halfway across the country and visit because you're legitimately friends now. And like you would do things for them in their real life that you just cannot create those relationships over the internet. Like because let's be real, like making friends, especially as you get older is next to impossible. And so if you have to buy your ticket and get your way to a conference, not only are you going to learn something and just get out of your house and put on clothes and like be in a different state in a different city, not only are those things great just for your mental health and for your creativity and for you to be re-inspired, but you're going to meet real life friends in person that you're like almost like camp that you're just sitting out with, especially if it's a smaller conference. That's definitely how I felt with the two conferences that we went to last year, Blink being one of them. It's such a family atmosphere. It's such a just hanging with your friends atmosphere. And that leads to stronger and deeper connections that you can continue online outside of that. And you're so right. I remember like coming home for Blink. It took me two weeks to come down from that. It took you a while. It did because I saw my dream for that conference come to life this last year. And it was really so humbling, but it was also 
it was just almost too much for me to take. Like just, I mean, I've never been to a conference where after the conference, like the speakers and the attendees are sitting down in the lobby playing cards of humanity. And it's just like laughter and pure joy or, you know, just, I just could not get over the fact that like that was real and that Mm -hmm. it was something that I had fostered and created. And I just was so humbled by it. And so even afterwards, it's just all of the, like the love and the support and people go, you know, people going after their goals and other people encouraging and cheering them on. Like, even when you go home, it just, it didn't end, you know? And I think you're right. I think it's like, I mean, even you girls, like, you know, prior to the conference, we did our emails back and forth and, you know, it was like, Hey, this is what you can expect. And, you know, of course I respected you as businesswoman, but like when I got in front of you and even since then, like I, I respect you as my friends, as my sisters in business. Like it felt like, man, these girls are the ish and I want to do everything that I can to support them. And I love them who they are as people past their business, past like what they do for the community, but for who they are as people. And that's not something that I would have been able to experience from just an online interaction. And I would not have been able to value you past that. And so I FaceTime Tosh making cookies with my mom and my nana. Okay. Like that's how real this relationship has gotten. (laughs) Seriously. And it's just so like my daughter opened a Christmas box from, from Emily, which Mm -hmm. is so just so amazing. Those are things that just don't happen on online forums because there's just not a space for it, you know? So yes, I think that conferences are valuable. And I would say that anybody that is, is running a conference right now that is just exhausted and tired and doesn't know what to do. You've got to keep going. You got to stick with the plan. You got to trust the plan and not the craziness or the feelings and things like that. So love it. Well, I'm curious. We've gotten all this like energy out. I'm like <laughs> emotional about the fact that you need to go to conferences and maybe you probably shouldn't start one if you've thought about it. Like just don't do it. <laughs> but let's go into talk strategy to me. I'm going to change it a little bit. I'm curious if someone's looking to get this experience that we're talking about, how do they find the bright conference for them and their business? Ooh, that's really a great question. That's so tricky. You know, I think that it's important to think about where your weak points are maybe in your business, Mm -hmm. where the areas that you need to grow and what conferences are really playing to those things. Like what conferences are providing the information in the areas where you're weak or the information in the areas where you need a little more strategy I think there's a lot of conferences that are focused on that do a lot of inspiration and a lot of creativity. And I think what a lot of creatives really need is business. And so I think that that's kind of where I would start. Like if I wasn't really sure where to go, I would go, okay, what are the things that I need to learn in my business? And then two, what kind of experience do I want to have? Do I want to go to a place where I have the opportunity to make, you know, long-term connections Am I more inspired by a small intimate event or do I want to go to a place that has a lot of people and, you know, cause there's, you know, there's strength in 
conferences that serve a lot of people that have a lot of volume, they also have a lot more pomp and circumstance. They're able to put on the bigger parties and the, you know, they have a bigger experience. And maybe that's something that you're looking for. And so you kind of have to ask yourself, well, what kind of experience are you looking for? What things are important? Do you want to, you know, go to a conference that is able to provide like this big, huge experience? Or are you okay with maybe settling on the big, huge experience and maybe going more intimate and having more touch points? Do you need more inspiration or do you need more practical business advice? And then I would definitely ask people who have attended before what their experience is. And I would also consider the people that I'm asking just kind of what perspective they might be coming from, because just because they had a bad experience doesn't mean that you will. And just because they had a good experience doesn't mean that you will. So you've got to kind of take all of that into account. But those are kind of the steps that I would take. You know, who's on the speaker lineup? Are these people traditionally known for doing a great job of helping people in the area that I'm not strong in? And just kind of what are your long-term goals? Like, what do you hope to take away and do those values and are those goals for that conference the same? Do they match up? And then obviously your budget, like what can you afford to do? So those are some things that I would think about. Awesome. Well, guys, just so I'm going to read your all's mind, knowing who our listeners are and who our people are, pick the intimate conference first. Do those now to create those relationships. There's definitely something to be said for the bigger ones, but if I know you guys like I think I know you, we're a lot more alike than maybe you want to admit. And these smaller intimate conferences will just fill you up like you don't even know that that is missing. So look into those guys. Yeah, and there's so many good ones like Create a Heart, Yellow, you know, there's just so many. Alt Summit, like really awesome, incredible conferences. There's really no excuse for you not to go invest in your business. So you got to do it. Love it. Awesome. Well, tell people where they can find you. Well, you can find us anywhere online by putting in at Blink Conference, or you can go and check us out at www.blinkconference.com. Awesome. Thanks for being here, babe. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are amazing. Like, thank you so much for just all the effort that you pour into the community and just like the education resources that you give. Like you have helped me so much in my business and so many of my audience and my friends. And so I just love your hearts for education and for really empowering women to go after their business, you know, and make it happen. So thank you guys. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.